I'm looking at him and going, this is a lazy bitch. Welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Porch. We're back yet again, and I'm joined as always by Matt Smith. Or is he even there? <laughs> Are you there? Hold on, I'm here. Oh my I'm god. <laughs> I was like, what in the oh, hell? Shit. I felt like I was in uh, in fucking micro dimensions. Uh, I went subatomic. <laughs> subatomic levels. I fucking came back. Holy crap. Yeah. No, I'm here. I was just like, man, the second the fucking show starts, it all of a sudden, boom, hit the dust. No, I'm ready to rock this cast box. Uh Huh? Hmm? Huh? Mm. Well, good night, everybody. (laughs) I'm I'm honestly surprised. Show's hit a brick wall already. I'm surprised you didn't start out with the the Liam Labani cover of uh, Peace Train from this movie. (laughs) Uh, this movie. So we're going to be talking about Rock the Casbah today, which this song wasn't even featured in. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sad about that. Uh, <laughs> well, no, why? They're not getting the rights for that. Right? Oh no. Well, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I'll say this much: uh, as many uh, you, you saw the Nirvana and the uh, and the Ramones in the fucking Pan movie a couple weeks ago. Uh huh. So you know, as long as the motherfucker's dead, rights is up. Rights is up. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, so I don't know. Strummer's estate must be a little bit more stingy. <laughs> Maybe uh, I don't fucking know why. I, I have no idea. And they, nor should yes. you. Nor should you. So it doesn't make any bloody sense. Anyone would know anything about anything. Uh, so we are here yet again, everybody, and we have a giant week for you. Giant, giant, giant. Uh, so normally on this show, mm-hmm. we review, uh, you know, two, sometimes three Today we're reviewing four, four new release movies. Never let it be said we don't work our balls off for this shit, because we do. That's just for you. I still have my balls, though. Well, uh, mine are uh, balls. I'm balls adjacent at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying not to, you know, keep keep it together. Okay. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Uh, so normally we go through a uh, kind of what you've been watching segment, but, uh, you know, we, we've all got things to do. <laughs> can, can we, uh, you know, uh, amazingly this week, none of the new movies hit the number one spot. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Martian that was, it, wh- what was that down weeks. to at one point? It's four weeks. It has uh, been four weeks in a row. No, no, no. It, it's in its fourth week of oh, release. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I think it dipped I and then it came back. That's well, fucking rare. It was definitely rare. in second place last week. 
but I don't know before that. I could go back and look, but who gets I know it's happened somewhat to, to that degree, but the last one that I could think that made kind of, well, it didn't start out as, well, it started, let's see. No, it didn't. Looks like The Martian was uh, two weeks in number one, and then last week, Goosebumps beat it. Okay, yeah. And then this week, it's number one again. And then the next two movies are Goosebumps and Bridge of Spies. Guess what? Uh, Martian, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to be number one again. I'm gonna, you think? I'm going to put good odds. This weekend? I'll put fairly good odds. Why I'm, Why do you think that? What do you, Have you looked at the, the, the movies that are coming out, out next week? What are we week? going to be reviewing next week? Wow, we usually save this for the end of the show, Matthew, but we'll do it now. <laughs> Fine. Uh, next week we're going to be uh, reviewing um, what's it called? Our our cas our uh, our business is booming. Our brand, our brand is crisis. <laughs> our brand is crisis. The new uh, Sandy Bullock movie. Uh, then you got some uh, chef movie with uh, what's his fuck? That it, it used you know a month ago this movie was called Adam Jones. Well, that's no, a terrible name. No too. shit. I know. No shit. This movie was called Adam Jones because that's the name of the character in the film. Fair enough. Um. I have been seeing posters for this film uh, for, I don't know, six months now in the theaters that I go to here with Adam Jones on it. And last week, trailers came out and new posters is called Burnt now. Burnt. And uh, it's not a better name. It is like it is still a shitty name for this movie. I don't know why they would even bother putting that much money into rebranding it this late in the game. I think they should have just. just I think they should have gone with Chef Handsome Face. <laughs> I think Chef Handsome Face probably would have brought a little bit more people into this fold. Chef Handsome Face and the Spectacular Meltdown. Ooh, I like Ooh. that. That's, that's, that's Simon Pegg movie-ish. That's, a little bit. <laughs> that's very true. And the only thing that I think could possibly, which I don't think it will, but the only thing I think could possibly give it a run just because it's on Halloween weekend and everything is uh, the Sky- Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, uh, I don't think so. I don't either. I don't either. That's what I'm saying. That's a wild shot. I'm talking that's, I just, honestly, that's the I, darkest of horses. Yeah, I think the only thing, like I don't think Burnt's going to do it. Mm-mm. I mean, maybe, but it has oh, God, no recognition no. because it's rebranded. But I think our brand is crisis. Uh, that that preview gets good responses every time. In the we, number one spot, you must be high, man. Given the rest of the competition, well, no, it, no. It, will it will it will it tower above those two? More than likely, because it's yeah. good counter programming against. I'm just it. saying, out of these three, if one hits the number one, that would be the one I would bet on. I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but we all know it's going to be the Martian. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade, <laughs> can we? Yeah, we usually save all this talk for the end it's, of the show. So the people it, that have normally listened, they're just like, "I'm fucking out at this point." Uh, fuck it, man. We're not doing a, a what you've been watching this week. So well, yeah, we got to pad it with some sort of crap. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Speaking you wanted of- to talk about something going on with Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, right? Well, no, no, we'll t- we'll talk about that when we get to the thing. I think. Oh, we'll do it after the thing. yeah. Let's do it after okay. the thing. So okay. let's get to the other thing. This is such cryptic horseshit. <laughs> all right so uh what are we fucking talking about all right this? so this week just to lay it all out for you kids first up we're gonna do uh the last winch witch hunter or winch hunter that would have been that would oh man that would have been better right did you have seen uh a movie with vin diesel and rose leslie in it called the last witch winch hunter yeah he's trying to get it would have been he's that's tra- some like late late night 90s cinema he's bro. trying to get some uh he's trying to get some mead and shit you know how yeah. it is that is not a Vin Diesel Rose Leslie movie, by the way. That is some uh, uh, what? Uh, what's her fucking name? Married to Gene Simmons? Uh, Tracy Lords? Yeah, whatever. Right. One but- of them broads. 
Gracie Lord. I don't know. They're all the same fucking <laughs> blonde chick who did like softcore, basically softcore porn shit. Gracie Lord fucking... did hardcore porn shit. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just that type. In any case, uh, right? Like this is like, class. <laughs> I'm just class coming up with like weird porn names in my head. <laughs> Cherry's Jubilee. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> that's stupid as shit. Anyway, the last witch hunter. Yeah, the last witch hunter. We'll talk about that. And um, happen a thing we talk about. I'm just I'm I don't know I don't know nothing about the thing. I don't know if it was created just for the movie or or not. I was like afterwards. I was just like, man, I if this is indeed based on some sort of comic book thing, boy, I'm glad we missed it for HMP. So I would have isn't maybe it, murdered myself. But isn't it Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Axe and Cross? Isn't that some kind of uh, Dungeons and Dragons shit? I'm going to look it up while you tell them the Fine. rest. Let's go ahead. Uh, so we're going to be do, redoing that. Then we're going to be talking about the Steve Jobs movie, which uh, cost uh, like $30 million or something and made hardly anything at the box office. It's tracked well over in uh, the tech sectors of the country. Uh, they did pretty well over there, but uh, didn't make a whole lot of splash here. But it's a new one from Danny Boyle, and uh, that's kind of had a little tumultuous history, if you will. Uh, so we may talk a little bit about that. But, of course, we're going to talk about the movie itself. Uh, and then we are going to be uh, covering, as we said previously, Rock the Casbah, the new movie with uh, Bill Murray. That's uh, Barry Levinson, yeah? All right, yes, fine. He's Barry Levinson. Barry Levinson, and then we're going to round everything up with supposedly the last Paranormal Activity in existence, Paranormal Activity 5 or Paranormal Activity The Ghost Dimension. Uh, the first time the uh, found footage franchise is going 3D, and I have some interesting things to say about that 3D, too. I do, too. I will also go ahead and just preface everything by saying I will be very surprised if it's the last entry in the Paranormal franchise. Right? Like, yeah, like, because, well, they said some things. We'll talk about that. But let's get into it proper, Matt. Here is uh, our first new release review trailer. Here is the trailer for The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> I've been reading the history of your life. And I've written my fair share of it. But your story has no end. You are the greatest soldier of the Axe and Cross. In a war between our world and the next. Inception. <laughs> it's all Hans Zimmer ripoffs. <laughs> Fucking. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
uh, okay. So here's the uh, INDB plot line for The Last Witch Hunter. As we know, INDB always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. The Last Witch Hunter, well, what a way to start off IMDb. The Last Witch Hunter is all that stands between humanity and the combined forces of the most horrifying witches in history. This is directed by Brock Lesnar. I mean, Eisner. <laughs> Breck Eisner. I know. Breck, Breck Eisner, uh, who I guess most people may know from, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the McConaughey flick called? Sahara. Sahara. That's what it was. I knew it started with an S. I'm just like, Syriana's not right. That's a good movie. He, <laughs> he also did... Uh, he also did direct um, the Jesus crazy, Christ. The this crazies, website yeah. needs to go. Yeah, the crazies, uh, which was quite good. Sorry, my headphones. This fucking Axe and Cross website was also giving me some like fucking synthesizer bullshit. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what the fuck Axe and Cross is. This is apparently not D and D. Maybe just uh, like how, how inane and I mean, I know he shit pl- is. I know he played D and D for the nerdist thing, but I just think that was a, just a, like it's like finally Vin Diesel proving I really do like D and D guys. I swear, I swear on it. I swear. Uh, I don't doubt that. I don't uh, either. But yeah, anybody who would make a movie that is uh, this invested in dense mythology, but also managed to make that pretty boring, has to be a D and D fan. <laughs> All right, so this one is starring Vin Diesel, Rose Leslie, Elijah Wood, some motherfucker. I can't pronounce his name. I'm leaving that to you. And wait, wait, wait. Which one? Are Ola, you just going down the list? Ola de, bah, from, yeah, I don't know that. It's fucking Olafur Jesus Christ. There's so many fucking, like, I don't know what the little hyphen dealies are called. He plays Belial, right? Yeah, that cat. And, of what? course, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine just doing, clearly just trying to get a paycheck. Uh, <laughs> so he is the MacGuffin. He gets paid to be the MacGuffin. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, no doubt. Uh, so this movie, um, I was I, outside of seeing the like cruddy trailers and stuff was not on my radar. According to the box office was clearly on no one else's radar either. So you can't bank on Vin Diesel. Guess what? Bitty boy. Uh, they ain't all coming to see you for them fast and the furious movies. My guess is they're more coming to see the rock, but, uh, that's just my guess. And that's what I'm going there for. Um, well, I mean, Vin Diesel has uh, uh, a draw. It. Yeah, I'm not saying that people doesn't. did show up to see this movie. Um, it was number one of the new releases this week in fourth position <laughs> at the box office. Um, <laughs> Slow clap for you, sirs. But uh, right, like you already pointed out, part of the problem with this movie was its uh, rather lackluster marketing campaign. Um, it. Also, just like it, it's boring. No, you're right. It's boring. This is a like, boring ass movie. Like there are definitely things that I like. Right, I like the casting. I, I like the the idea of doing this big myth, uh, like mythological witch hunting, high concept action flick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it is boring. It is yeah. just boring. This is an action movie whose action isn't all that good. Yeah. And is just outright, honest to God, this is this is a fucking snooze fest, this movie. Uh, well, I think a big part of the problem is uh, just that... Um, <sighs> yeah, you can't even put it into words. It's that bad. <laughs> what, I, what I want to say is, is that this movie... Uh, just needs some oomph somewhere, and it fucking ain't got none, man. By oomph, you mean uh, uh, cohesive story? 
or or just a story that is worth investing this much time developing a world right so so there's a lot of investment really and you can see it and you know it's there that this world was created right like it's got a dense mythology to it that is sort of well laid out um piecemeal throughout this this entry and what i'm sure they were hoping is going to be a franchise and still, oh believe me by that ending they were just like we're we're putting our dick on the table and saying what's up yo there's already a last switch hunter 2 in pre-production are you shitting me no i'm i guarantee it will happen this movie will still make so much fucking money in china and russia that it won't matter that it bombed here um another problem for the chinese good job chinese but my hope, for is, all of us. my hope is that it, by the time they make the second one, maybe they can figure out a story that's worth telling in this universe. Well, where's right? the where's the where's because, the sequel for like Dracula Untold? Which like when that movie ended, that was just like, well, the movie I just saw was pretty mediocre and sad. But, but the I movie that they the teased sequel. for the second one, I'm like, I want to see that movie. Well, I want to see the sequel to this one. Right, because because it has to be a better story than the one they tell, which is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is all based on um, like Vin Diesel can't die because of a curse, and his curse is a secret. Uh, like they could have gotten rid of the Witch Queen if they had just killed him as well as destroy her heart, but they didn't because the secret society wanted to use him. And really, the entire plot is Michael Caine uh, is dead, and then no way he's cursed, and then oh, we got to find all these witches, and that's literally it, right? Yeah. Um, it it attempts to have some sort of epic scope, but the story, the plot, does not allow it to have that scope. Um, it's it's almost like watching Blade Three. Now, I haven't seen Blade 3, so I can't speak to that. But, I, I mean, I will say this. It's like there's so much that they it, – it feels like something should be going on, but there's nothing going on. That's the biggest problem is that there's – it's it feels empty. It's hollow. Huh? There's nothing in there, but it seems like – it seems like so much is going on, but nothing is going on at the same time. Yeah, I agree. It's just like, hey, look at all this stuff. Look at all these fanciful things we got. It's all coming along. And then it's just like, well, what are we really doing this with this? Uh, well, nothing really. <laughs> that's what it is. There's not a thing that's going on with this. Um, I just honestly, if I was not rev- – like I don't walk out of movies. I just fucking don't do it. This was close. Yeah? Just because I, I was just bored out of my fucking mind. It was my second movie of the day. <laughs> And I was just so fucking bored. And I was just like, man, if I was not doing the show, I probably still wouldn't have. But, I mean, this like that was the thing that 110% cemented me to watch it. But I'd have, I'd have, thought, I'd have thought long and hard. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have questioned Honestly, it probably a couple thing, more times than I did. Let's put it that way. The only thing that really kept me watching this movie, like if I'm going to be completely honest, is that uh, like Rose Leslie – is uh, not only gorgeous, but like actually kind of a tremendous talent. And she manages to make even this boring snooze fest interesting. Yeah, she's entertaining enough. Yeah. Her character's fine. Her acting's fine. They didn't do any fucking thing with her. Um, But uh, she's by far, I think, the best thing about this thing. Yeah. Um, 
So that's it. I would say pass on this one. Oh, for heaven's sake. If you really want to like live out the Halcyon days of like middle tier Schwarzenegger flicks from the nineties, yeah. uh, then, you know, have a fucking blast, I guess. Otherwise shoot yourself in the face and save yourself $8. All right, so uh, let's get on to movie number two. Here is the trailer for Steve Jobs. What do you do? You're not an engineer. You're not a designer. You can't put a hammer to a nail. I built the circuit board. The graphical interface was stolen. So how come, ten times in a day, I read Steve Jobs as a genius? What do you do? Musicians play their instruments. I play the orchestra. I hear you've been worse than usual this morning. I didn't think that was possible. It's a system error. Fix it. Fix it? Yeah. We're not a pit crew at Daytona. This can't be fixed in seconds. You didn't have seconds. You had three weeks. The universe was created in a third of that time. Well, someday you'll have to tell us how you did it. Begging you to manage expectations out there. You see how this reminds you of a friendly face? It's warm and it's playful and inviting and it needs to say hello. If you keep alienating people for no reason, there's be no one left for it to say hello to. Your Apple stock was worth $441 million, while your daughter and her mother are on welfare. She's not my daughter! You must be able to see that she looks like you. You're issuing contradictory instructions. You're insubordinate. You make people miserable. Even if that were true, doesn't sound that diabolical to me. We've spoken to the fire marshal and the building manager. They're going to come in and tell everyone to leave. If a fire causes a stampede to the unmarked exits, it'll have been well worth it for those who survive. Board believes you're no longer necessary to this company. I sat in a garage and invented the future because artists lead and hacks ask for a show of hands. You're gonna end me, aren't you? You're being ridiculous. I'm gonna sit center court and watch you do it yourself. Make everything all right with Lisa. Fix it! All right, that was a trailer for Steve Jobs, our second new release review of this week. IMDb plotline: Steve Jobs takes us, or yeah, Steve Jobs takes us behind the scenes of the digital revolution to paint a portrait of the man at its epicenter. The story unfolds backstage at three iconic product launches, ending in the nineteen ninety eight un- ending in 1998 with the unveiling of the iMac. This is uh, directed by Danny Boyle, written by Aaron Sorkinson, Aaron Sorkin, rather. And uh, it says based on the book by Walter Isaacson. I've read that book. Uh, this is the most loosely based on shit you could ever fo- possibly imagine. Uh, starring Michael Fassbender, Kate Winslet, Seth uh, Rogen, Jeff Daniels, a handful of others. Um, so this is a movie that had uh, quite the history to it. Uh, at some point, uh, it was uh, actually uh, it, was, it was always kind of slated to be uh, written by Sorkin, but right. uh, David Fincher had his hands on it at one time over at Sony, and of course Jeff Raskin, I believe that's uh, Jeff Raskin, is uh, was over at Sony and everything at this, and this, so that actually transferred this over to is this was it Universal? It was Universal, yes. Yeah, well, this is one of Universal's it, kind of bottoms. Was it Raskin that did it, or was it still under Pascal when she was there? Well, right? I, I know Raskin has been behind behind this all the time. 
So he's been behind this movie. I mean, because he was, but he mostly dealt with Sony uh, back back in that particular time. But but Pascal, I think, made the decision to move to let this film go. That may be true. Even though she thought it was going to be really good, uh, based on what she thought, and as it turns out, rightly so, uh, it was not going to play very well. Yeah. At one point, uh, Christian Bale was actually slated to play Steve Jobs. And, you know, so, I mean, this movie's gone through a lot of stuff in, in, in quite a short amount of time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And when they said uh, Danny Boyle was uh, going to be directing it, I, I didn't have the highest of hopes because I don't see Danny Boyle directing this type of movie. I don't dislike um, Danny Boyle, but I don't see this type of movie specifically coming out of that guy. Or I don't like know, the man. biopic. Like, uh, well, one hundred and twenty seven hours. Well, right? that's a that's and, a but that's a it's more but it, that's more of a visual type thing at the same time too. I think I mean I guess, except it's mostly just he's stuck in a rock. Well yeah, but you didn't see any uh there are no cameras and water bottles in this movie. Um <laughs> I think there are water bottles. There's, there are water bottles. That much is true. But there's oh. no cameras inside of them. Why were there no cameras? <laughs> no, I... Let I, me down again, I Boyle. I think this fits into Danny Boyle just fine. And he still manages to do really interesting things visually. Um, well, the biggest first... Specifically in- with like transitions and references to outside events going on. Um well, that's all fine and well, but I, what I also want to talk about, though, is the, is the, um, the method which wish this movie was shot. Uh, so the, the fir- it's, it's, it's put up into, like, like the, uh, uh, the plot line said there, three different product launches and everything. Yeah, 84, 88, and 98. And so through each transition, a different medium is used to actually shoot that thing. So the first one is on 16 millimeter, the second, uh, the middle part there is on 35, and the last is in digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think was a very interesting way to tell things and really still shows me that 35 still looks pretty fucking good, man. I mean, 16 looks like 16 because it's just blown up and it kind of has a little bit more grainy feel, which was kind of fun for that era and stuff. But I, I still think that 35 looked pretty damn good. Yeah, um, it looks just fine. Um, I will say it's uh, getting to the point where the digital does not look that different. Not that different, but there is – it's a slight – there's a slight feel. I, I get what you're going to say. I don't care about having that argument anymore. We're not, but I'm just all saying – I'm, I'm saying just saying for those, for those who won't want to like literally see it all kind of in one shot here, this is, is a also, place to do it. But that is also a Danny Boyle thing, right? Yeah, much is true. Uh, like he is the guy who will play around with that visual. I could – yeah, Precisely. I could not see – David Fincher would never do that. No, it would all be digital. Yep. It would be very clean and cool. Uh, exact, I, I feel like if Fincher had done this, I'm really glad he did not. Um, it would have felt like like he was just making social network again. No, oh no, absolutely. And like and, uh, and same same art, same uh, writer and everything. Uh, but yeah, there's there would have been a lot of that feeling and I I think he 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 wisely stayed away from this, I think. Not that well, he would, I, not that he couldn't have done a good job with it, but it would have been kind of repeating himself. I I don't think that this. I think it maybe would have been worse with Fincher. Maybe I'll just go on and say that, uh, and I say that knowing that everybody liked Social Network, but I think that's his worst fucking movie. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Jesus Christ! I just lost audio on my headphones. Hold on a sec. Well, I can still hear you, so. Well, yeah, I know that. Fuck but. off. No. Oh, oh, you can hear. Oh. Damn, damn, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, I really fucking liked this movie, man. Um, 
I, I went to see it with Marsha. She didn't really care for it. Uh, it's, it is a movie about a guy who, by all accounts, including the people who liked him, mm-hmm. was a notorious fucking dick to yeah. everyone. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he had he had his moments of nicety, but he could, oh, yeah, yeah, he could yeah. definitely rub some of that. But he rubs people a lot of people the wrong way because I, he was just a perfectionist. He was uh, somebody who just did not bend on you know his thoughts. He's like, hey, I've got these; they're cemented. Fuck you. Hmm. Um. And I think if anything, that's what gets adapted from the Isaacson biography. Mm-hmm. Is that you do get a sense in this movie that um, that Jobs was a human and that he was flawed and that he also did have those moments of kindness. But like in the moments that we're specifically seeing uh, all of this character built around, which are these three product launches for the Mac, the Next Cube, and um, the iMac, right? Uh, it is just he is a fucking dick and part of it's uh stress part of it is uh just he was a fucking dick uh, to everybody um i i here's where i fall on this i like uh sorkin generally um i still think his best work as a writer was when he was doing the west wing mm-hmm. um this is the best thing he's written since then well, yeah, I, I can definitely. I think I would probably agree with that. It doesn't. It didn't seem. A lot of his stuff can seem very bantery. Bantery, also sentimental in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all the worst things are when you take his style and make it banter and sentimentalism. Yeah. Um, and some of his worst writing on the West Wing was that, right? Um. But here, I, I think his screenplay is uh, really kind of brilliant. The idea that that conceptually, this is how you're going to approach a biopic, which is which is a crazy idea. Like when when they really uh, you know broached this as like, hey, here's how we're taking a look at this, and I was just like, oh, geez, how the fuck is this going to work? Well, it works really well, right? Because yeah, I mean, it works it's surprisingly far more than I thought it would for sure. Well, what it is is effectively it's a it's a chamber play set in three different time periods. Mm-hmm. With all the same cast, right? So, uh, like, sim- you get to see all of the similarities. And by by the records, right, these things loosely did happen. People were involved in these conversations around the same times that these product launches are taking place. Sorkin takes it and just imagines it all happening within, like, the 30 minutes leading up to the project launch. Right, and, and each of those people being at each of those things, which is the big... Which is one of the big uh, things in this, and um, it's, a, it's a fudging, right? Exactly, because John Scully I, was not there at all of these things. He is pretty much there to kind of play the surrogate, almost father figure. This, yeah. like to me, uh, his role was the most uh, most Aaron Sorkin-y of it all. I think. Yeah, and and that's fine though. Right? I mean, it's like, not terrible. Don't get me like wrong. It's, it's not it's bad because it's a conduit purpose. with which to tell the story. To be if we're if we're you know clear and about al- it, and it allows the nature of that three-part structure to play out narratively precisely it it has that it has the proper arc to it with everything and it and it also functions in each uh each third of the film 
to allow for brief flashbacks in and out of different times that are not centered around. Which I think was handled deftly well. I was really shocked at how well they fucking handled that. Yeah, it's fucking great, right? When when, uh, he and Waz are sitting there talking about uh, inventing the thing in the garage and then just boom, you're there for for a part of a conversation and then back out. It doesn't feel like it, it, like by all rights, it should be jarring as shit and you should be annoyed by it, but you're not. Yeah, which is which is I I I, I want to go back and watch it again to see how they really kind of pulled that off because that's a hell of a feat to be able to go in and just smack some shit in there and just go like you're gonna love this and then you're not even gonna be put off by it you're gonna be like oh okay and then well, it was just like almost recalling a quick memory yeah well and and to further that usage right there are really brilliant moments that are just for you know a few frames cut in there so yeah. you get like a second of his daughter when he's young. During the older, right? Uh, you get a flash of him in the garage with Waz during a separate part of the movie. Right. Where, where it's showing you, like, his internal thought process in some way, but it's not being it intrusive fe- about yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't feel It corny. feels very natural. Yeah. Right? And it's because – I think that the reason those flashes work is because of how deftly the other flashbacks are executed. Because they're – yeah, it's exactly. The longer structures. ones don't feel bad. So when you have almost kind of, if you will, flashbacks to the flashbacks, they yeah. don't feel like they're hitting you in the nuts going, look at this bitch. It's- yeah, and and they're specifically referencing things that have been discussed in that scene, even. So you, yeah, exactly. You get that, and then that little, then it's just like a, fl- you know, going, hey, remember this shit, and it floods a yeah. lot of information back to the brain, and then you're back to where you were, right? And you, without and, the same word. That's one. one of the. I think that's one of the most brilliant parts of this movie. The other thing that I me- I mentioned it earlier, but didn't really delve into is uh, there are a couple of times when uh, Danny Boyle uh, or when when Steve and his assistant. Um, played by uh, Kate Winslet, Joanna Hoffman, right, Mm -hmm. Um, are having discussions. Or he's talking with someone else, and they're inside of that shot, little flashbacks and callbacks to outside events, right? Right. So so when Steve Jobs is talking about launching the space shuttle, uh, you know, the the, – that's the only space station, yeah, right? That's the only part. Like, I couldn't. I just. I don't know if I love or hate that. I'd like. I no, was I like, fuck, oh, that's I interesting. But at the same like, time, I was like, oh, that's but, a little too clever. But it's also he had done that. And I can't remember what at this point he had done that in the previous scene where they were talking about something, or in the previous uh, segment of the film, like during the Mac launch, they were talking about something, and in the background of that scene, some things happened, and it happened again at the iMac launch. So I, I yeah. think. I think it works because he has it happen every time. If it were just that one time, it would be like, oh, this is flashy for no reason. But I think that it serves as a way of opening up theatrical space a little bit because all of these – it's a pretty claustrophobic movie because they all take place just backstage. Right. Right? Walking to and from dressing rooms and into um, auditorium spaces and you know finally out onto a rooftop but right like it just opens up that kind of enclosed chamber space that this play is being performed in a little bit right and and i think it does well i mean i i like this movie i mean despite it's kind of you know and it's obviously for narrative reason and stuff like that but you know just the outside the fudging of things because like his relationship with his daughter wasn't that terrible throughout the entire time he owned up to her a lot quicker than the movie uh kind of lets on to 
and uh, they they had they they actually and like they we never talk about his other kids, right? Which is very interesting. So we leave that, that whole. But again, I, I understand it's completely for the story, and that makes sense. But I mean, for uh, just to kind of reiterate for people out there that may not know his story well enough uh to know that you know it's not quite as two-dimensional as you see in this uh in, in this thing but you know for for well, what I, he I does think, with what i don't does. think that this film gives us a gives us a portrait of him as two-dimensional or his life as two-dimensional i think that it sets up binaries in the same way that binaries get referenced all the time throughout this film Right. Mm -hmm. As uh, like like Wozniak says, um, you know, when he tells him that you can be decent and gifted at the same time. Right. Right. And I think that it's just that uh, it's a structural decision on the part of um, Sorkin to just further reiterate, like the back and forth between ones and zeros that jobs the person is negotiating uh, on some level, intellectually, emotionally, interpersonally, yeah, and I, and I think it just works that way. I don't, I, I didn't care that much that it was not an accurate quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm because totally it's much more of a, it's much more of a character study than it is a story of Steve Jobs' life. If you want to see the story of Steve Jobs' life and his achievements, go and see the shitty thing that Ashton Kutcher was in. Which, honestly, I don't think was that bad. It's that, pretty that, bad. That movie gets way more shit than I think it is. I, I mean, agree it's not that great. it gets more, but it's bad. It is still bad, I think, hmm. in my opinion. But it does get more shit than it deserves. I'm just saying, if that's the movie you want, Go watch that movie. Yeah, that's a little bit more of the, the life of this about, man. Yeah, Steve Jobs is about, in quotes, Steve Jobs. Right. Right? But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a recommend, and uh, nobody went to see it, but you probably should. So. This movie's fucking good. Go see it, guys. I was not expecting to like it because I, I don't particularly care for uh, Danny Boyle. Um, he's very hit or miss, mostly yeah. miss for me. And uh, like I said, I haven't really liked a Sorkin screenplay since West Wing, which was 15 <laughs> years ago now. Um, even though I've liked some of the stuff that he's done, I just haven't been in love with any of it. Um, this, this is – I think it's a winner. I think it will do well. Uh, the big question at this point is uh, I think if Universal is going to try and keep it in theaters until Thanksgiving because that's when it will find its audience. I think the release date yeah. was really fucking weird. No, for you're 110% right there. The fact that it's out here right right here right now is is baffling. Yeah, I mean there there are I know several weeks early in November before Thanksgiving that you could have done the slow build, the mm -hmm. platform release for this movie and then landed it you know, the Friday before Thanksgiving. That's even. exactly where I was putting it. Yeah. And, and those weekends are not filled yet because everything, literally everything else comes out, uh, between Christmas uh, day, apparently between Thanksgiving and Christmas day. And most of it towards Christmas day. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but real quick though, yeah, real quick though, I do want to wrap up. I um, I would say a very understated, but I think probably will be very unappreciated Seth Rogen performance. Oh, he's fucking great, man! I think he did a fantastic job in a, a smaller role. Uh, he's not the Seth Rogen that everybody knows him to be in this. I think he does a damn fine job with what he does, and you know, he's great. You're not Michael Stuhlbarg is fucking amazing, right? Yeah. Like Michael Michael Stuhlbarg is 
such a good actor. And going through the paces like he does of Andy Hertzfeld, who uh, like wrote so many of the scripts <laughs> that yeah. these systems ran on. Um, uh, like they're both really fucking terrific, but yeah. Seth Rogen uh, kind of nails it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I do. Th- I think it will be an underappreciated turn. Yeah, and, and which is sad. And Fassbender for I mean, not you know, and not that they were trying because they weren't. But you know, he didn't really look like Steve Jobs. He didn't a thousand like a whole lot sound like he had a couple of mannerisms that were good mm-hmm. that were very mannerism like of Jobs. But you didn't care. No, you just didn't care. I thought well, I would that, care, that's but what you I mean. don't. It's a. It's a. It is a character, right? Yeah. And he plays it as a character and makes it its own. It's a. Uh, as a theatrical experience, meaning like legitimate theater in quotes, yeah, um, like that's that this works on all levels, and the fact that they were able to translate, I think, that into something uh, visually interesting as a film, yeah, is kind of remarkable. Because it is, it is interesting visually, even though you're just in spaces walking around all the time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it, it's it's well shot, and the fact that like all all three mediums were used, and I think used to their uh, great to uh, to great use for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into review number three here. Here is the trailer for Iraq the Casbah. I am Richie Lands. It's a real pleasure. Um, time for a crazy story. I was a rock tour manager, and this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to tour with my act. To Afghanistan? You will play in front of 2,000 horny soldiers. I'm gonna hurl. Oh my god. I'm sorry, but I can't tell if you're vomiting or laughing. (laughs) I would really appreciate a junior executive suite, definitely off the street. Huh? Rise and shine. Ah! Your girl's gone. She stole my wallet, my money, my passport. I'm royally screwed. Welcome to Afghanistan. Nice to be here. What the hell am I doing here? Richie Lands, talent manager. How y'all doing, guys? Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi barakatuh. Back at you, babe. Welcome to the jungle! There's got to be a reason for this. Ninja, this has got to be fate. I must go to Kabul. I must see. Okay, but I'm going to want 20%. All right, back in the trunk. I'm kidding. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, that was a trailer for Rock the Casbah, our third (laughs) new release review of the week. Uh, A down-on-his-luck music manager discovers a teenage girl with an extraordinary voice while on a music tour in Afghanistan and takes her to Kabul to to compete on the most popular television show, Afghan Star. This is uh, directed by Barry Levinson, uh, screenplay by Mitch Glazer, who wrote Bill Murray's one of uh, his best movies of all, Scrooged. Uh, starring Bill Murray, Liam Lebeni, 
Uh, Lean Labani. There you go, Labani. There, that's probably. I that's think correct. that sounds right. Zoe Deschanel, Bruce Willis, uh, Kate Hudson, Scott Con, Danny McBride, handful of others. Um, this mm-hmm. movie made zero splash at the box office. Um, is not, not surprising. No, not very. Not being uh, rated very well either. Um, here's the problem with this movie. Um, uh, okay. I you want to give us a. A, uh, an overview first. Okay, so Bill Murray plays a you know a, a rock promoter from back promoter slash uh, manager from back in the uh-huh. day. Movie opens up where he's you know in a hotel room listening to a, a girl sing. What, what what's she singing? You're more into that pop shit than I am. What the fuck was she singing again? Oh, it was funny I though. I don't remember. She's what She's singing was. some fucking pop song, and it's just—it's terrible. It, it's like this. I mean, there were some there were some very funny moments in this movie. I won't lie about that, uh, and that certainly was one of them. <laughs> so this chick is just singing like uh, just really—I mean, maybe not awful, but like karaoke well, bar bad. She's she's singing with all of the bad things that people use when singing these days, yeah, right? It's like you know what you it's like you know the like kind of things that people try to do that Christina Aguilera does really well, but they suck at them. Mm-hmm. That's what she's doing. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of that shit going on. Uh, and he's just like, yes, I'm totally going to sign you. So it turns out he's in this hotel and he's just he's trying to sign as many people, get those bullshit checks from from them and try to, you know, put his career, quote unquote, back together. So he does. Chanel is well, he's also just grifting money. Well, essentially. Right? Like, yeah. Because he's, he's not, not going to do anything. With signing anything. Yeah. Yeah. My handshake is my word. Sign me a check. Peace out. Biatch. And right. uh, so that's all that goes. So. Zoe Saldana is uh, Zoe Saldana. That's not Zoe Deschanel. There's too many Zoes in this goddamn world. We need we need one or the other, and I think I know which one I want. Um, leave that to your imagination, kids. That's probably the other one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Zoe Deschanel plays a uh, plays one of his people that's actually, I guess, you know, being represented by him or some such nonsense. And uh, you know, she's like kind of a lounge singer, if you will, doing only cover songs. She wants to branch out and be herself and do her own stuff, but he's not going to allow it. While out at a uh, gig and everything, they get a, you know this guy who's like into her music, her singing, you know, uh, "Bitch" by Meredith Brooks. And this cat in the audience, he's with, and he's just drinking a straight bottle of Jack, and he just goes, "You and me, buddy, I'm going to take you on the USO tour." Like she's fucking great. Put her on the plane and everything. Get them out there. She doesn't want to go on this tour. And- and very quickly decides she's piecing out and getting on a plane to go back. Yeah, so she just goes, "I'm this is too much. I'm crazy. It's like this is war torn world. They got like no help here." She freaks out and just leaves. Yeah, well, pay, pays Bruce Willis as a black ops mercenary uh, to take her out. Let's talk, and, for, and, I, and I mean, out of the out of the country. country, not murder her. Let's talk a second for about Bruce. Oh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis stands up in this movie five times. Uh-huh. That is it. Yeah. He I, I am really, you know, say what you will, the man says the stories about what he says. I am more and more and more and more believing everything that Kevin Smith says about this motherfucker. I'm looking at him and going, "This is a lazy bitch. There is no fucking reason for him to be sitting and doing nothing. Nothing as long as he is in this goddamn movie." And it's not like Barry Levinson is some motherfucker off the street who deserves no fucking respect, right? Right. He's a, he's a story director in Hollywood. <laughs> he's he's and, in his fucking 70s. And you sat on your fucking ass through 90% of the time you were in this fucking movie. Which Just, may have been his direction. I don't know. I doubt it. From I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm telling you. 
there's no reason. There's no reason he should be sitting as much as he is in this movie. I'm not disagreeing that there's no reason. I'm saying that it's very possible that could have been his direction. Barry Levinson, the film find at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fill us in on how little or not little you told. How much did Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis want to stand in your fucking movie? How much? Oh, I bet man. it ain't enough. <laughs> Jeez. But uh, yeah, so he's he's going on and he's trying to figure some shit out there. Um, so Danny McBride and Scott Con play uh, con artist. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Um, so they, you know, Bill Murray. Uh, as so when when uh, Zoe Deschanel's character leaves, she takes all of his money and passports and all that shit. So Bill Murray's character is left destitute here in the Middle East. Can't go anywhere. Can't do anything. Hasn't a penny to his name. Uh, so Scott Con and Danny McBride tell him, "Hey, you're going to need to go over." And, uh, you know, just just take all this ammunition and stuff to these people that have bought it. It's a really easy job in and out, done and done. You'll get some money. We'll get enough people. We got a you know, we got some hookups here and we'll get you back out. No worries. And he's right. like, fine, I'll get some money. Here's all this money. And I go and do it um, while out and about. Uh, eventually, they they have to kind of almost stay the night, I guess, if you will. I don't know how that's a part of the deal, but it is, I guess. And uh, while walking. While taking a he piss, finds a singing girl. yeah, taking a piss one night, he hears this music coming out from a cave. Walks into a cave, beautiful lady there playing guitar, singing, and we had seen her kind of like watching TV uh, in that cave there earlier and everything. Turns out, well, the big thing is, is like at this place or whatever village, I don't know, I don't know whose tenements these are, uh, but they, she, you know, women are forbidden to sing, so she's in there this playing. Is, this is in general in Afghanistan. I don't but also. Uh, Specifically for uh, like her ethnicity, right? As well, like it, like extremely. So uh, she's a Pashtun, right? So um, very religiously conservative uh, right. sect of Islam, right? So yeah, forbidden to sing, can't do it, and everything. But she's got such a beautiful singing voice, which she really does. And uh, so she's she's a fantastic singer. She's she's gorgeous looking too. Uh, so that doesn't hurt. Uh, and he's just like, oh my gosh, I need to like this. I, I've been dealing with these people, and that, that's a funny part about uh, Zoe Zoe Deschanel's character is that how like she sings, but she's not a great singer, and that's funny coming from her, who, who is an actually you know pretty good singer in her own right. So she was playing that kind of up, but this is a, you know the first kind of time he's seen like, oh my gosh, no, this is the real deal. This chick can really you know she can blow, man, she got it. Uh, so I'm going to take her uh, basically and put her on the you know uh, Middle Eastern uh, American. Idol, if you will. But right. of course, unlike our American Idol, this, uh, because women are uh, for- forbidden to sing, uh, is all dudes. And so this is going to be the first time that, you know, we have to try to make a deal to put this woman on their, you know, their idol program and uh, get her out there. But, of course, that may mean the uh, the disownment of her family, the dishonorment of her people and yada, yada, yada. And probably her death. Okay. And, and that too. So, you know, the little, the, the, the little portion of the death. So there is... <laughs> Almost everything that happens in this movie. Yeah, that's about it. What is the problem, Adam? It's kind of boring. Right? It's kind of boring. I'm not going to say that I hated this movie because I, I no, didn't. No, I didn't either. Uh, it's not terrible. It's just it's kind of boring, and I wish the movie would have been about the latter half more. I do too, right? Uh, I think it spends a little too much time setting up Bill Murray's uh, character as someone who gets into weird shit. Yeah. Um, without doing anything that's act like really interesting with that, mm-hmm. um, I I think he's great. I think that uh, Liam Labani's great. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how much I care about the rest of the cast. I will say Kate Hudson's Kate pretty Hudson good. Just, oh, She's oh, pretty good. I love some Kate Hudson. <laughs> uh, and but also her character doesn't have that much to do, right? Uh, which is which is part of the problem is none of the characters have that much to do. No, and, and like the small interesting stuff that kind of happens, it just gets waylaid for no real reason. You don't really go anywhere with it. And there are really like weird decisions that get made in this movie uh, creatively uh, that I just don't know what they were going for. Like we hear some of it in the trailer, but Bill Murray sings a really shitty rendition of smoke on the water. for scene has no fucking place in this movie. It is superfluous by every stretch of the imagination. But on top of that, it goes on for like he does verse chorus verse. Yeah. Right. It's long. And it's long and bad purposefully. Yes. But but it's also just not funny. You could have caught and, the tail ten seconds of that and it'd have been fine. Right. Um and the little exchange going, is this a you know, is this a tra- traditional thing? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's they let, just let him do what he does. And ten seconds later, the joke is over. Let it die. Right. Uh but here's the other like that so that song him performing it in this movie yeah. is also on the film's soundtrack. What the fuck? Yeah. It is a track Jesus. on the soundtrack. Smoke on the Water, Bill Murray listed as performer. And it's there. It's You can listen to it. Go would on it, iTunes. Or would it go be hilarious Spotify. if it was like a full studio version? <laughs> it is It is literally the version you hear in. That was just the, live on set. In the film that is purposefully shitty. Wow. Wow. Um, why? But there are other moments like that that are just like, fucking, what are you going for, man? What's your joke? Choose the joke and make it stick. Yeah, it's like, it's like it, this movie felt like it didn't have any idea what it really wanted to be. Yeah, there well, are like that's... serious moments. There are like kind of funny moments. There are like, you know, over the top moments. It's all over the map in the worst way. That has also, I will say, been uh, the problem with every single and uh, I'm going to look through real quick just to make sure that I'm not no every single movie that Barry Levinson has directed since wag the dog right the problem is a lack of identity so bandits right Mm -hmm. fairly enjoyable no clue what it wants to be true envy bad movie also because it has no clue clue what it wants to be you can go down the list I like sphere I like sphere well enough. It's not great, but I liked it well enough. Well, fair enough. Okay. Uh, but like Wag the Dog is, is a really strong. Oh, Wag the Dog's amazing. That's right? his last really, really good movie. But, for sure. you know, The Bay is a pretty good thriller. I don't know how many people saw it, but it, it's worth your time. It's like a found footage uh, shot on cell phone uh, thriller about parasites in the ocean. Um, worth your time. Part of the thing that fails that movie is that uh, it doesn't go into full-on thriller territory all the time. Right. It has a crisis of identity. His his You Don't Know Jack movie, the Jack Kevorkian flick, right? Mm -hmm. Great performance from Pacino, doesn't really have a singular identity. The whole list. It's a Barry Levinson problem for the past decade at least, uh, if not slightly more than that. Oh, I'm telling you, I want to kill that lady. She just wants to die in a respectful way. Ooh. 
That's a lot what that movie's like, yeah? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, you're going to die. Oh. We're going to put her up to an assisted suicide machine. Plug it in wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that's really the thing. It's not, it's like, yeah. This movie does not stick. Yeah, it's, it's, this movie, it's not day. terrible, but it's certainly, it's certainly not good either. No. I'm going to I'm going to make a recommendation here to if you like Bill Murray, yeah, and want to see a movie that's got a good Bill Murray performance but is just a passable flick, wait until this one is available on Redbox or streaming yeah. and check it out. Uh other than that, don't waste your money at the theater. No, gosh no. Or no. or go see it if you have movie pass, I fucking guess, but that out of the 15 of you out there listening, it's probably 3 if yeah. like maximum. That has movie two past. of them are us, and two of them are us. So, so. <laughs> all right, let's get into the last one, kids. Rounding home base here. Here's the trailer for Paranormal Activity: The Ghost Dimension. Christy, I want you to concentrate. Concentrate. I need you to concentrate. She's like in some sort of like trance state or something. They're inducing a trance. Where'd you get this? From a box of like 80 VHS tapes the old homeowners left in the basement. This tape is like 20 years old. Tell me what you see. I think I see two men. What are your names? Brian. Mike. We're the Fleege brothers. Brothers. Daddy. I can't sleep. What's going on? I hear noises in my room. You hear noises in your room? Okay, well, Daddy will go up and make sure everything's... We gotta find more of those tapes. Look at this camera. And there's like obviously something going on here. It's got all these knobs you can adjust. Oh my god. It's a big! This is weird. I'm seeing something. And there's this thing that I'm picking up with the camera. Who is that? I think this camera can see things you cannot see with the naked eye. This is so cool. I've heard of spirit photography before, I've just never seen it in person. What are you doing in here? Is she talking backwards? Is she saying Bloody Mary? Whatever's happening is connected to the taste. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. She has never tried anything like this before. How did she get up that high? He's gonna take me away. What if someone conspired for us to be in this house? This is no coincidence, and I believe she's part of a prophecy. Mike, don't move. There's something behind you. That was a trailer for Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, our last new release review of the week. Using a special camera that can see spirits, a family must protect their daughter from an evil entity with a sinister plan. This is directed by Gregory Plotkin? Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, written by seven fucking eight people. Who gives a shit? Fuck them. Uh, because there's too many goddamn <laughs> of them to read. I'm not doing that. Uh, Gregory Plotkin, by the way, uh, wrote The Insider. So, uh... Hey, that's a good fucking movie. Yeah. Well, 
I think Michael or directed it. Not not direct. He was fucking producer on that shit. What am I fucking talking about right now? Just shut up. Jesus fucking Christ. Just get out of here. You just the show's over. You fuck it all up for all of us. Good job. All right, this is uh, starring Chris J. Murray. Uh. Just shut up already. I'm reading <laughs> off the fucking names. Starring Chris J. Murray, Britt Shaw, Ivy George, Dan Gill, Olivia Taylor. I, well, she may have a last name in there. Hold on. T- Taylor Dudley. <laughs> Dudley. Oh, you should have left that off. Um, I wonder uh, if if there's an Olivia Taylor somewhere that they had to put in. Probably. Like like already on the uh, Screen Actors. Or list. was there already a, a, a Dudley? <laughs> I don't know. I'm Olivia Dudley. I'm a little bit Dudley. <laughs> Shouldn't be as fun as it is, but it is. All right, so let's go back. Uh-huh. Let's, let's go back and talk about a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, because I, I think people need to at least... Bo- wait, 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 wait. Did you know that Blumhouse produced Jim and the Holograms? <laughs> Are you fucking shitting me? I'm not at all. Holy cow, now we have to see it. <laughs> There's fucking ghosts in that shit, son. <laughs> what do you think the holograms are? Oh, I'm getting anyway. scared. Anyway, go All ahead. Right. Let's go back. So let's go back and let's talk real quick because supposedly this is the last Paranormal Activity movie. Now, a lot of people shit on the other Paranormal Activities. And for the most part, I would say you and I very much enjoy these movies. Uh, yeah. I will say that I that I enjoy them. Um, I mean, the first one came out and it was a phenomenon just because of like the brilliant, brilliant marketing uh, campaign uh, uh-huh. was was great for what they did there, and they delivered. I thought a a decently solid movie, nothing amazing, but a very solid enough movie for what they were doing with the budget right. with which they had. Right? Uh, it, yeah, I which think was so. literally twelve thousand um, dollars. Well, it's a lot more than that. But well, the after act- after the bullshit that they that they that they gussied up, but the original only shooting budget for that was twelve grand. Yeah, and then but but it was an extra hundred grand approximately that uh, for that last that, fucking shot and a couple of fucking that that Paramount's well they did some reshoots outside of just the first shot as well. Like uh, basically, what happened from my understanding is that um, Paramount and and uh, Jason Bloom came in and said, this is what needs to change in order to make this movie marketable uh, to a mass audience. And then they did it Fair and, enough. uh, and they put the money behind it. Right. But still a hundred and like, uh, like $112,000. Even so that's dirt. That is, <laughs> is absolute is fucking, fucking dirt. Nothing. For those yeah. of you that don't know out there, if you have a $5 million movie, you were one of the most independent motherfuckers out there. So a yes. hundred thousand is just like, just the change you find in your, uh, between your couch cushions in Hollywood. Right. Um, then the second paranormal activity movie came along and did something that I had no expectations of it doing. It increased my enhance. It enhanced my enjoyment of the first one. Exactly. Because yeah. it and gave it, this, it, cause it was, it was a prequel, but yet a uh-huh. sequel and gave backstory to what was there. And then, so you kind of get a little bit more information. And then the third one did the impossible and went back even further in time and, in, and enveloped the story even more so, which again was there's no reason it should have been able to do any of these things for those two sequels. Well, and really the amazing thing about the second one is that there, as far as the first and third one are concerned, there are fewer moments in the second one that are not jump scares. Right. The second one relies on jump scares a whole lot, but what's kind of really fun, but, but right. Like what I'm, what I'm saying is the second one earns them, which is weird. Yeah. Like it, like it sets up an atmosphere where, uh, it doesn't feel like, oh, it's just a fucking cat jumping out at me. It, like the jump scares that happen, like when the fucking kitchen explodes. Because it is just right? hold, 
hold, yeah, uh, hold, hold, it, hold, hold, boom, and it is like, yeah, it damn. earns it. And it, like, right, like that suspense is genuinely there as opposed to just, oh, I didn't see that thing coming. And, um, and with the third one, I don't want to say they reinvented the wheel, but in a lot of ways, they kind of did. They did. And that movie is, I think, still the best one in the series. Agreed. Uh, the the marked ones gets pretty close to how good that one is i think in mm-hmm. my opinion um can do let's disregard the fourth one yeah fourth the fourth one um that that sadly i mean it wasn't an awful movie by any means but it didn't do anything i think that was its biggest problem was it mm-hmm. didn't do anything to further along really further along the mythology that had been so well crafted more so in in 2 and 3 it didn't and really I, feed us anything that right. we wanted well, and I have to say that I feel like this film is a step backwards in that same direction. Well, let's let's, let's hit Mark ones real quick because Mark okay. ones was a was an offshoot of everything that was supposedly not in the traditional one two three four order. Here, this was not technically number five, if you will. Right. Um. And so it went to an entire. It went out to a uh, you know a Latino uh, subculture kind yeah, was, of thing here. Well, it was out in L.A. Yeah. right? like like a suburb of L.A. And so, but at the uh, end of that movie, and I don't want to spoil it because it's a great fucking ending. Uh, at the end of that movie, I was like, whoa, okay, this is really fucking weird and cool with yeah. they, how they finished that thing out. So I was really intrigued. And, you know, come to this movie, uh, they, you know, like you said uh, last week, Jason Blum has said, hey, we're going we're gonna to answer everything. So, Matthew, let's start out this review by asking you, have they answered everything that was, that was just resting on your mind? Not even fucking close. Not even close. It's not. Not even close. No, there, there are things about this movie that are maddening, uh, to someone who watched the marked ones and liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, the witch cult plays a big role in this mythology in this film mm-hmm. and yet is not threatening really in any way because unlike in the marked ones where they're a physical presence actively trying to make things happen, here it's like this weird metaphysical things that relationship. happened twenty five years ago. Yeah, and I kept expecting, uh, like at the end, that they would show up um, to keep everybody in the house so that it happens exactly how it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, nope. The other thing that I felt like was really fucking weird is uh, I distinctly remember in one of the trailers seeing Katie Featherstone. I. Feel like that may be true. I'm not sure. I I distinctly remember it, right? Um, and I feel like at one point she was listed in the fucking cast list on IMDb. And no, not at all. She doesn't show up, which also is weird. Doesn't make you, any sense because she's the through point for the first three fucking movies. Essentially, well, she's, she's also the through point for marked ones, yeah. right? Like like as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and to say that you're going to wrap up uh, uh, loose ends by not having the biggest fucking loose end in the series anywhere remotely near this thing outside of like, hey, here's here's her when she was a little girl. Well, right. Lottie fucking da is really weird. I think um, I don't know if what happened is they decided the movie didn't work if they put that stuff in uh, and that they needed to add it somewhere else. Um, because I have to say, I was looking the other day and outside of a few things here and there, there is now no mention anywhere that this is the last 
paranormal activity film. Well, they probably wise the fuck up because it's a it's a bad move. Well, number one, it, well, you're because you're a liar if you say that this is this is it and that there are no more questions to be to be answered because this does i don't want to say it like leaves a slew full of them per se but it certainly doesn't close the door on things either well and it well and it also opens the door on other fucking things right right like what is this weird dimension that they're going to there, none like, of this has ever even come close to they don't even come close to touching that right uh, it, it's, it works on some levels. It does not work on others. I think that, uh, the biggest thing that works about this movie is 3d. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second uh-huh. because when this thing started, I was angry Yeah. because I'm sitting there, I'm watching, I got the fucking glasses on, you know, the uh-huh. thing tells you, Hey, put the glasses on before the thing. So, you know, it's a thing. Right. And the first half, like the first like five minutes are not in fucking 3d in this movie. And so much so that I literally took the glasses off and it is not. Nothing. Right. And so I was just like, I was getting pissed, son, because mm-hmm. I was just like, these motherfuckers. Now, mm-hmm. when the camera comes out that you hear them talk about in the trailer and everything, that's when shit goes 3D. And, and, uh, which, and then it stays that way, right? Like, well, no, like no, it, it goes back. There's a little bit of more DT stuff, yeah, when it's not in that bit. camera. But, well, specifically when it is, um, yeah, I guess that's mostly it, yeah. right? But it is also just sometimes it it is in 3D if there's something happening, right? Um, but yeah, the 3D is really mostly reserved from that camera. But the thing is, and I, and, and I, I joked about it, about how this is the William Castle thing of this, where we could put the 3D glasses on and off as the thing happens, and the movie just did that shit for us. Uh-huh. And it, it worked. I liked it. Yeah, it, and it looked good. Yeah. I mean, the it was 3D, good 3D. The, the 3D was actually excellent because, of like, huh? it felt like like it feels like looking through, you know, a, a camera that y- if you could perceive depth through that. So right. it gave you very much a sense of being there because, especially with the lights and the darks, how the lights will end up popping out towards you and the darks just crush down in the back. It gives a huge, huge 3D element to it, and it completely works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I man, I, I got to say it like. I was not going to pay to see the 3D version, and then you kind of uh, called me out on it. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so, right? Uh, if this is a thing they're doing, and the fucking name of the movie is The Ghost Dimension, yeah. uh, see it in 3D. So I did, and uh, I was really happy I did. The the it's It adds a really nice layer of effect of what the fuck to the movie a little bit. Right. Right? Just to see this, like, ether floating around in front of your face. It is a, the William Castle thing is exactly right. Yeah, I think. Um and and its use of that camera being the thing that makes it 3D, right? Uh is really smart. It's a brilliant and, move. And and, and, it, and, is and exactly it gets like, and it, well, and why it, wouldn't it be? They yeah. go through the problem of explaining that the camera has all these new nodes yeah, on it's it like, to, l- to the, while it's, extra dimensions. While it's old shit from the 80s it uses a VHS tape, it still has some wacky like like we got it off a fucking spaceship from the 80s. Yeah, because somebody custom made the yeah, camera. Yeah, it's got all this kind of crazy wacky shit in it, so that's what would, you know, allow and, these and things to happen. And of course I like that because part of what I what I research and write about is like 
crazy ass shit that people believe technology can do. Right. <laughs> you mean the e- 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 EPKs aren't the wait, that's electronic press kit. Uh, <laughs> well, what? They, those definitely don't fucking tell you they're real ghosts. No, no EPKs they don't. definitely don't. No, they just go, Hey, here's the new movie that you're looking at. Fucker. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Um, uh, but look, I mean, I didn't hate this movie by any means. I think there's got, I think there's a lot of nice things in it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think so too. There are moments in this movie that are worth my time. I, I like the little girl. Mm-hmm. I think she. I actually well with, like the brothers a whole lot. I do too. I, I thought they were going to be assholes and dickheads, but I liked them. No, they were funny and fun. And let me tell you, Which the lady. Nice oh, exactly. Hey, they're not complete fucking dickheads. There's or a little. Yeah, they're a little bit dickish, but that's just, I mean, those are just like how friends are friends are kind of dicks to each other. But but it, yeah, well, it's it's brotherly dickishness. Yeah. Right? Like I'm a dick sometimes to my brother because that's how I act. That's or, just how you do. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the ladies in this thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my, oh, my. Uh, Both of these ladies are very attractive looking. I'm just like, man, paranormal activity. Y'all did good on this one. <laughs> the women in this thing are gorgeous. So, Both of them. So where do you then fall on this? Um, look, it's it's no paranormal activity for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 feel- I guarantee, but I, I do feel like, and I and uh, one of my friends mentioned this to me. Uh, we were kind of chatting about it. Like, I think that two out of out of one and three, the second film is the weaker of those three. Even though it does something that yeah, even though I it's like. good, yeah. Uh, we think like I my my friend goes so it's like a reverse Star Trek, where <laughs> where the odd ones are good, but then this is where I get fucked up on making that analogy, and think that uh, <laughs> and think that that can't be true. Is do you remember after the first film came out, there was actually another Paranormal Activity movie that came out? Uh oh, you mean that um the the uh, the Asylum thing. Oh no 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 no! No, that's not it. Laura watched that. That was I. She said it was like god awful. No, there is one that's called uh, Paranormal Activity Two, Tokyo Night. No, I am unaware of this. Uh huh. It is uh, basically a ripoff of <laughs> on the film, um, but it was totally called Paranormal Activity Two, Tokyo Night. The and, cojones. Yeah. Is amazing, and it's it's basically just uh, like um, there are ghosts and cameras, and he tapes his room uh, because there are things happening in the house. It's like a like a remake of of the first film, um, but you know I'm going to go with the reverse Star Trek uh, Star Trek thing hmm. uh, because it's not really an official sequel. I just forgot that that fucking movie existed though, and and now I need to see it because uh, that's weird. It, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say if you're a fan of these, I mean, it's interesting enough to see for those reasons. Um, it doesn't end anything up. It doesn't get, I don't know that it, I don't know that it takes away anything, but I don't know that it gives us so much. It gives us more than four did. Yes. But it doesn't, um, I don't feel super enriched by it, but then that's what fucking kills me, man. About the how the how the marked one ends, and you're just like, Ooh, "What the fuck are we gonna do here? Mm-hmm. Where do you go from that? How do you how do you translate this over? Why does that why does that ending take place? Why is that the thing that led to that? How does that make any sense? And like, there's nothing about that fucking shit. 
No. Come on, man. I don't no, know. There's nothing. I, I don't know what they're going to do. So yeah, you know, maybe 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 old old Blummy will come back on this. That's what I'm calling from now on, old Blummy. Blummy. <laughs> old Blummy comes back on this one. Maybe we'll uh, do some more stuff. I the hell if I know. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do with any of this. Well, uh, I think Plotkin has directed <laughs> a fair number of these at this point. So Plotkin. Plotkin. What a douche. All right. Um, uh, I don't know the guy from nothing. <laughs> so we did want to talk about uh, one other thing. Or maybe, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he's just worked on them in some capacity. In any fucking case. There's uh, seven writers on this one. I'm sure he's in, done something in, somewhere. In any, in any, in any case. Uh, like what, um, uh, what we wanted to talk about something else having to do with this movie. Oh yes, okay. Movie that's coming out this week. Sweet that is baby Jane. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so Paranormal Activity, uh, the Ghost Dimension wraps. Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. So this movie ends. Credits start rolling. You get about what? What do you say? Half a dozen title cards in to the credits. Roundabouts. Uh, right about the title card. Yeah. Well, so you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, directed by this, maybe produced by that, and the next thing, and then all of a sudden, Marvel Stinger style, but for a movie that's unmotherfucking related from the, outside of the fact that you know it's it's put out by the same people, I would surmise. Paramount, same studio. Paramount. Well, there you go. It's, yeah. Okay. So we get a trailer for uh, a movie that we're reviewing next week that we talked about: Zombie Apocalypse Butthole. What's it called again? Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> the Apocalypse Butthole. I don't know. That, that sounds like uh, what the World Health Organization just ruled will happen if you eat red meat. Yeah. Put zombie that- Apocalypse Butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for that zombie. Asylum. Apocalypse. All I ask for is just a small <laughs> percentage of the profits. That's all. The two percent, even. I'll take it. Uh, uh, so yeah, there was a, there was a trailer for, for that movie, man. And, um, and it was one that had played earlier too. Yeah. It essentially had to play during the, uh, the, during the previews. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I mean the, the, the term trailer used to come from the fact that they did play trailers that move these, these, what, what we now call previews were originally at the end of films. Now, of course, films back then didn't have the giant credit sequences that we have today. So people, you know, didn't have to stick around for five fucking minutes while white letters well, and, flew up a black, you know, back. And, and the style of exhibition back then was such that you didn't always go to the movie when the movie started. Right. Right. So that you would show up. Whenever you got there in the movie, right? Because they played just one film continuously in the theater mm-hmm. all day long. No fucking set start times and shit. Just, you know, 8 o'clock is when the movie starts in the morning. We're going to play it until 8 o'clock at night. Show up, pay us your money, walk in. You walk in, sit down. You sit through whatever part of the movie you got there for. You wait until it starts again and then theoretically leave, right, at the point you came in. And right. that's you paying for the show. And the trailers would play in between that. And that's how it worked, right? Right. Um, in any case, uh, go on. So, so, yeah, I mean, so the thing that this is coming here, and, and we've had movies uh, that, that kind of sort of do something like this. I forget what uh, – was it uh, was it Guardians that had like a trailer for Avengers at the end of it? Age of Ultron? If memory serves, or one of these fucking things, something like that, where it was just like, "Hey, here's the end." Instead of the the final stinger moment, you got this, but instead we get the zombie apocalypse butthole trailer, 
And um, boy, oh boy, was this off-putting. Mm-hmm. It made no sense. There was no rhyme nor reason to be there other than the fact that this is a cheap fucking shit marketing ploy. And uh, Paramount should be excoriated for this. It's 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 egregious. It I mean, like, look, look, this isn't a movie like fucking Schindler's List where you reach the end of it and you're sitting there while the credits roll in contemplation of fucking humanity or anything. But you don't sit there for 18 fucking seconds or less after the, you know, the final black has hit and then all of a sudden throw a fucking wacky ass, you know, zombie comedy trailer in the middle of it. Fuck you. Well, and and. You know, put it at the end of the credits. That's if you tell people to stay fine. there after the movie for a special, which essentially they preview, did with the preview thing, they did tell you. Yeah, they do then, it at the end of the fucking movie. Don't do it right then in the middle of so the fucking credits because they just it, figure, hey, people are just going to leave. Well, and and they so would have fucking. Who cares? I'd already seen three fucking trailers for that movie earlier in the, in the trailer pack. Yeah, they just have been littered with this thing, man. Because I don't – well, th- I mean the problem is they're all, all like 30 seconds long. They're all how to get this patch and then – Yeah, the viral video horseshit. And then, and then that's it, um, which is all fine and dandy. I mean that works but, like an ad before like a, watching a Hulu program, but it doesn't work as a trailer. But I don't know how yours uh, worked, right? Um, but like I went in, watched the – trailer started, two in – uh, there was a, a little 30 second scouts guide to zombie apocalypse boom over next trailer. And then like two trailers later, there was another one. Well, I'll be honest. Mostly I I've been, um, this <laughs> little insider information with me. Um, I, I've been from, from now or this week until, um, until December, I'm, I'm pretty much having my phone and uh, earphones with me. Just in case they decide to try to slip a Star Wars trailer in there, I don't want to watch it. Hundred and ten percent fucking honest. So I've got this shit. I'm like playing podcasts, listening. If like something comes on, I'm closing my eyes. So the majority of trailers, I'm not even watching right now. <laughs> well, because I don't case, want it. Because let, I've I've let heard me bad finish things. What I was telling you, please. So so um so I get that second trailer right. Mm-hmm. Then there's a thing that says put on your 3D glasses. Okay, cool, ready to go. Before Paranormal Activity starts, stay tuned for there is this announcement, and then immediately after that, before the movie, is the same trailer they had just played, but in 3D. And then Activity started. Same thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's this shit after, like, in the credits, right? And it's like, what the f- like, I get that you're panicking because you haven't marketed this movie for fucking shit <laughs> and every trailer is 30 seconds long and nobody's sharing it on fucking social media because nobody gives a fuck Oops. about these cutesy 30 second trailers. But you know what? Tough fucking titty. Yep. Like, like that doesn't mean shove four of them down my fucking throat. Yeah, it is. It is basically just row. it is. It is someone just taking their dick out and smacking you in the forehead with it. And the just going, ah, I, asshole. The first time I ever saw a trailer for this movie was like a month or so ago. And no fucking shit. They were just programmed one after the other in the trailer. Yeah, pack. there was like, like four no of them. And it was fucking stupid. And it's like, just show me a fucking trailer about what the fuck this movie is. Ugh. Show me a character. Show me why I should give a shit about this. Put this shit on YouTube and fucking leave it there to die, and tell me what the movie's about. I think. Oh, this I movie. get it. Scouts, fucking zombie apocalypse. I think this movie's gonna tank. 
I got a feeling. I mean, I may be wrong just because it's a, it may just get the fucking Halloween boost. I got well, feeling that it ain't. I'm going to contribute my movie pass dollars to it on Thursday night. Or well, that why, folks? Because here at the Film Fine, we review everything. Which Even Jim the Holograms. We're going to go back and watch Jim the Holo- Jim and the Holograms so we can fucking review it on and this it show next week. It also means that finally, you motherfuckers, <laughs> are going to get those mini episodes coming this week. Uh, we did one last week. We said we were going to do three. The other two are coming this week. My life is busy. Shit. Get off my nuts. But we are incredibly <laughs> busy. So I'm sorry. They are coming, though. It will happen, but we didn't. We didn't. Anyway, uh, I think that's our show. Where can we find you online, Adam? You can always find this here podcast at Tumblr. The film, the I don't know. Look, the film find proper went away because of of uh, uh, dis- discrepancies, if you will. Uh, so that's that's sadly a thing that's happening. Um, but uh, so yes. Just go to that thing. Just look up the film find. Of course, film find on uh, Twitter and uh, fucking Stitcher, all that shit. You know where to go fucking find this shit. And of course, my other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast at HeroMoviePodcast.com. This week, oh boy, oh boy, we talk about The Crow in our Halloween episode, Matt. Uh huh. Remember The Crow? I do. A lot of people really like that movie. Can you understand why? Uh, they really like uh, makeup and black. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> they they think that they're early 90s goth kids. It's just I don't know what it is. I don't like that movie, but go every listen time every time there has been rumor of a remake and people get pissed off about it online like no, this is a movie that needs a remake. It needs a remake. You need to remake bad films the, that is actually based on the fucking comic book, which is pretty solid and just do that. We talk a little bit about the history of the comic and how it relates to the movie and all that good stuff over at Hero Movie Podcast. So go to HeroMoviePodcast.com. Subscribe, listen to us. Five-star reviews, kids, a.k.a. Humdingers. Do that for this fucking show, too, you lazy so-and-sos. Uh, Matt, your information, sirs. Well, you know, I'm on I'm on the tweets, at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. And uh, also, you can uh, check me out on Tumblr, tumbling away every day now. Uh, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com it's not really that much theory so come on in <laughs> you don't have to think too hard about it uh, so that's it everybody join us next week when we talk about that zombie apocalypse butthole movie <laughs> our brand is crisis burnt and uh, we'll probably throw in Jim and the holograms in there as well so that is it everybody until next week for Matt Smith I'm Adam Porches take it easy everybody
All right, another show. Another one in the books. Done and done. Let me tell you. I did want to say I was on the iTunes. Yeah. Our numbering is off by one. Is I it? think, yeah, I think we have like two episode eighty ones or something like that. I'll fix that, I guess. Uh, we don't announce I, the numbers before the show, I guess. So. Oh no! I mean, it's right uh, from that number and leading up to that number, but there are definitely two separate episodes with the same number. That anyway, fair we're, enough. This was like eighty seven, uh, I think eighty seven ish. Which is sure. We're fucking rolling, man. Sure, man. Sure, why not? Every fucking week we roll in like <laughs> like Limp, Limp Biscuit. Biscuit. We're rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember Limp Biscuit like it was nineteen ninety seven? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, I'll tell I'll tell you this. Uh, next time Fred Durst gets to direct a movie, we'll be there to bash on it. We'll be there, like <laughs> like Marines and shit. We'll be there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. So yeah, next week's not big, but uh, you know. All right, what do you? Okay, uh-huh. you're a guy, you're 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 a guy. I'm a guy who ha- who has these thoughts and matters. Let me ask you a couple questions. Okay, and, and I'm not, you know, you know me. <laughs> well, let, let's just get to it. You What's know up? me. All right. What's going on? So there's a whole thing, um, the whole Jennifer Lawrence thing going on right now. Uh huh. About how, uh, for those of you that don't know, of course, she's she's kind of st- stood up and basically said, like, I shall no longer take shitty pay for my work. Well, this has been a thing that's been going on broader uh, inside of production culture for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here, here's where I come down on Jennifer Lawrence's position of, of this, right? All right. Um, she is a bigger star than either of the other two dudes. She's a bigger star. Bigger star, Period. yes. Is she She's a, a bigger star. Now, okay. So here's... The, the way that Hollywood pay works has nothing to fucking do with talent. Because if it did, right, like uh, Mark Relance would have made the same amount of money as Tom Hanks for Bridge of Spies. It has to do with star power. It's always right. had to do with star power. And... Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, to which, to uh-huh. which I I submit to you, dear sir. Yeah. I don't think she has nearly the fucking star power that she thinks she does. Now, granted, her biggest roles right now that are getting the most attention, obviously, are the Hunger Games things. I uh-huh. will submit to you. I have no evidence to back this up or whatever, but I submit to you my theory of which that I believe that she is not one of the main reasons that people go to see that movie. People go to see that movie. The majority of them go to see that movie because they're fans of the books, and they could have Clint Howard in a dress, and they probably but have people talking, there. But you are talking specifically about that. I'm talking about that. Pe- Hold on. And why people go to see those movies. Right. The difference between somebody who is in a franchise that will make money regardless and a star is that people give a shit about them outside of the movie. Now, she definitely is somebody that gets more attention than Jeremy Renner or Bradley Cooper outside of the film she's in. That means that she is a bigger star. That is how it works. That is it. That is the literal definition. The star exists as a marketing mechanism that is tied into personal life, period. End of, end of story. That is what a star is. 100% agree with that. What, what also makes her a bigger star is that 
she is more critically acclaimed as an actress than either of them as well. Maybe not Bradley Cooper. They might be even. But here's the other part. Bradley Cooper steps up to her, right? Mm -hmm. He says, yeah, you're right. You should be fucking making the same amount as me. We're the same amount of fucking star power for these movies we're in, which is maybe true. Maybe true. Right. Yeah, but here's the, the difference being she has two huge franchises she's a part of. Okay, I'll agree with that. But at the, the same time, too, the other thing is, she's not put. I don't think she's putting asses in seats. It doesn't matter. Is she more famous? It Fucking has nothing, sure. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to well, do with that. It has to do with the fact that whether or not people are showing up to see movies with her in it, she is top billed side by side with Bradley Cooper. In those movies with David Lawrence or with, by David O. Russell, right? Mm-hmm. She is top billed with him. Period. End of discussion. And still making less money than he is. And the reason that is, whether you believe it or not, is because there is a giant fucking systemic bias in Hollywood that has played out for fucking ever, just like it has in every other industry, where women get paid less for their work by a significant margin. She is right to say, this is bullshit, give me my fucking money. The same as it's right for when Tom Cruise says, this is bullshit, I'm not making this thing unless you give me $25 million mm-hmm. and a cut of the profits. Right? It's the same thing. They're both allowed to do that. The fact that you're criticizing her doing that and saying that she's not enough of a star to do that is also pointing out like exactly what the problem is here. The problem is that you are thinking about her differently because she is, yes, she is a fucking actress who is standing up and saying the thing that men always fucking say, I'm a big star. Give me the fucking money. She says it and people have an issue. Well, fuck that. No, I mean, listen, if I if I believe that honestly she was a major portion of the draw, I have zero problems with it. Do you think that people showed up to see American Sniper because Bradley Cooper was in it or because he, uh, that movie's a jingoistic fucking uh, American the latter. Uh, now, soldier I, you know, jerk it, fest and that Bradley Cooper shouldn't have been paid what he was paid, which was a lot of fucking money oh, to no. do that. You won't get an argument from me that he okay. was – whatever so, he was was so, probably overpaid so then, for that movie. So then – the argument you're making doesn't fucking matter because if Jeremy Renner is going to be able to say, right, that I'm going to fucking make this amount of money and I don't give a fuck, right, what women are making um, for doing the same amount of work, right? Like take Renner's context. They asked him specifically about uh, Jennifer Lawrence and pay equality in Hollywood. And his response was, it's not my job to deal with that. It's not. That that is right, but that's not what they were fucking asking him. What they were asking was, "Do you think women should make as much as their male co-stars?" And his response was, "It's not my job to make sure they're doing that." That is fucking stupid, and he's full of shit for saying that. And uh, you know he he's wrong, right? He is arguing by saying that that he is complicit. In the way that the system operates, neutrality is not um, is not not taking a position. Neutrality is taking a position 
of doing fucking nothing against the system that is uh, affecting others negatively. That is neutrality. It is not it is not not choosing a side by not acting at all on a position. It is whatever the major dominant position is. You are implicitly supporting it because you are complicit within it. And Jeremy Renner is telling you that he believes that it's okay for him or whoever the fuck else to get paid more by Marvel than Scarlett Johansson gets paid. Scarlett Johansson, who, by the way, is one of the biggest fucking stars in the world. And she got criticized the same fucking way for coming out and saying, this is my star power. You're going to start paying me equally. And it all goes back to the bullshit bias of when a woman says it, it's a fucking problem. Men say it all the fucking time and it's not an issue. But I mean, let's just I mean, uh, just to play a little devil's advocate i mean i'm i agree with you by by the for the most part i mean i i just you, you know who i am <laughs> but i'm just saying it is it is a doc it is a well-documented historically systemic thing it is like saying that but here's is, the thing let me ask you this if Danny mcbride came out and said the exact same things we'd all laugh in his face am i wrong about that about what if he who, did, is, Dan, who is danny mcbride in a movie with that is making so much more – Bill Murray? No, Danny McBride probably should not make as much fucking money as Bill Murray. But you know what? Danny McBride is not – his name is not on the fucking poster for Rock the Casbah. Bill Murray's fucking name is. When you see American Hustle, right, there are four fucking names up there. Christian Bale, uh, Amy Adams, uh, Bradley Cooper, and Jennifer Lawrence. All side by side, one right fucking next to the other, okay? Mm-hmm. Why, just because, just because of how much Hollywood is willing to pay actresses versus actors, which is documented. This is not me talking shit. No, no, I know. They are You're not wrong. Money at men. Why should Amy Adams and Jennifer Lawrence, who are both equally fucking billed with the other two stars of that movie, not make as much money? I think Bradley Cooper should have given Amy Adams her money because she she ran that fucking movie. <laughs> I agree with that, but I'm just saying, like, like to criticize somebody who comes out and says, fuck you guys for fucking me over. And, you know, all of this came out because nobody is nobody talks about this in Hollywood. So so when Jeremy Renner says it's not my job to, to worry about what other people are uh, making, that's true. On a certain level, but it's a stupid fucking level that does absolutely nothing for nobody because the only way that the pay equality system works is if people actually are able to understand how much less money women make per picture than men, period. End of discussion. Fair enough. I knew I'd get I knew I'd get a little bit of something out of you. That shit pisses I just, me off, oh, man. I know, I know. Look, it's I'm just, the, I'm just throwing. There was out. a report in Variety this week. Fucking seven, seven percent of, of of films of of like the top uh, five hundred fucking movies or some shit were directed by women. Now, do you think that's because women are incompetent fucking directors, or because they're not hired to do it? Mm, it's it's probably a little bit more of the latter. I would say yes. I'd say a fucking <laughs> lot because do you know how many? 
7% is out of that. It's a fuck ton of women who aren't getting fucking jobs because there are not, that is like saying there is only, uh, like there's only 10% of directors total who are women. So 7%, that's pretty good. That's a, that's fucking not even true, right? There are women who cannot get jobs because they go to men for no fucking reason. No reason at all. None at all. And you'll hear it all the fucking time. Well, uh, you know, we go with a woman, but like she doesn't have a track record. Okay. Well, you fucking gave Fantastic Four to that motherfucker. What was his track track record? One fucking movie? Mm-hmm. Well, this woman that also was up for the job, uh, she has a fucking track record. She's at least made three movies. And the before. funny and the funny part is, I mean, if you go by their stupid logic, you could pay them less. <laughs> it's like how I mean, like I mean, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm saying by their stupid fuck logic, it's like, hey, she's done more, and we can pay her less. Hey, she's probably got more skill than this other bozo over here. I mean, it, it's wrong to pay her less. Obviously, I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but I'm saying in their silly minds, you know. You would think well, that would make would. it more, right? They do, though. When women do get to direct things, they still pay them less. That's what – that is why I call bullshit on the fucking neutrality of, of Jennifer Lawrence uh, that Jeremy Renner has, that so many fucking people have. Uh, who gives a fuck? Jennifer Lawrence, whether you believe it or not, is at least viewed by Hollywood, right, as being the same credibility of star and – actor and actress as Bradley Cooper and Christian Bale. Otherwise she wouldn't get nominated for the same fucking awards that she does. She wouldn't be in as movie as many fucking movies as she is. She wouldn't be top billed alongside of them. So whether or not you believe the star power is there. Oh no, I'm not going to relevant. I'm not going to say because only because the studio believes it, right? They fucking believe it. And to look at that from the outside, I think is, is, the wrong way to look at it. You have to look at it as the studio believes that she is equal with Bradley Cooper and Christian Bale and whoever the fuck else she's in the movie with. They believe that she can open movies by herself, right? Which is how, why she's like the top build star in joy. Um, which is why she is all the marketing for the hunger games sequels. They could have easily like broadened that out a little bit into being about other characters, but they didn't all the marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Is, fucking Katniss and Jennifer Lawrence. And so for then the industry to say, okay, well you're equal on star power and level. And we think you can open movies and we're going to give you that confidence. And then to say, but we're going to pay you 20% less than a male star. That's fucked up. No, I, 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 I'm not saying that you're wrong. Maybe look, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that this is going to be mostly my indifference towards her as an actress that probably fueled a lot of my thoughts, but that's just me. I mean, that's and I'm, not, I'm not saying, and I'm not I'm saying, not saying wrong. she's like a great actress. I'm saying like the industry clearly thinks that she is a big star, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. That indicates that maybe like if, if they're going to say that she's as big a star as Bradley Cooper, who may be an actually an, a bigger star than she is, um, just because he's been in a shit ton more things and maybe has more recognition, uh, even outside of her being in massive things like the Hunger Games, right? Yeah. Um, if they're going to say that's the same and then still pay her less, that's fucking wrong. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. No, I'm, you know, 
like I said, by and large, I'm not saying that what she's saying is egregious by any stretch of the imagination. Just, just case, so everybody well, knows that I'm, I'm not. Note. Yeah, I'm not being a dickhead. I was just, I was just throwing out there because I, I, I knew you'd well, have you knew something I to say. I fucking care about it. Yeah, I knew you'd have something to say that would be far more articulate than my <laughs> dumbass could say. So that's and why I threw case, it out there as a, as a subject. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's talk about one thing that's really positive, right? Okay. Now. Some something that I think is awesome, and something that just, just got broken. If you say the Point the Break theme. movie, I'm going to punch you in the throat. No, because <laughs> that movie no. looks terrible, doesn't it? So, so there is going to be a John Wick sequel. We all know this. Yeah, yeah. Going to have common in it. He was like, he was spooky, dude. He was like that spooky kind of like he was like a fucking horror movie in that flick, dude. Common's going to be in the John Wick sequel. Like, so he was just Boom. he was walking around like he was like the fucking Black Terminator man. He <laughs> he was, dude. He just had that kind of like that menace. He was he, just kind of coming after. The, he's going to be the villain. He wasn't get. He was not getting stopped. I I dug what he was doing, man. Yeah. So anyway, nice. Common's going to be back, man. I was seeing that, and then and then he breaks down just before he shoots him. He just does a lot of slam poetry right to his face. <laughs> He just and is just like just fucking kill me, dude. <laughs> just, can we kill my puppy again? You killed my fuck? puppy, you motherfucker. Now in the next one, they're killing his cat. <laughs> he got well, a cat good. for him to play with, and now he's just gonna go murder the world. <laughs> fuck you, world. <laughs> uh, All right, next week. All right, man.